0: This is the Clink Law Podcast, providing clarity to the many gray areas surrounding estate planning so you feel empowered to take action. Now here's your host, Peter Clink. Hey, this is Peter Clink, uh, trust and state's attorney in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Happy to talk to you today about, well, death and taxes. Today's focus subject is trusts and, and what are they good for? Who can use a trust? You probably hear about them, uh, but uh, you might not know very much. But what can they be used to improve? And it's a lot. It's a lot of different situations that come up. Now, remember, you can always talk to your trust and state professional, see if, how it fits or how it can help you. But here's some examples of things that come up often in my practice. And the primary one is, of course, protecting an inheritance from divorce or lawsuits or uh bankruptcies, all those things. Um, how does that work? Well remember, what's a trust? A trust is is when somebody grants the power to a trustee, a trusted person to hold assets for a third person, the beneficiary. And if it's done correctly, you're the grantor, let's say, or your parents' the grantor. They transfer the assets to a trustee. that could be you if your parents name you or your kids, if you name your kids. And then at that point, you've created this this entity, this like living being in our system. It owns the things, not you, not not the beneficiary, not the trustee. And they're being held for the benefit of the beneficiary, right? So you have a grantor, trustee, beneficiary. So if you die, you form a trust for your children. The trustee holds the assets for your children. The children don't own them. They benefit from them. They could even be the trustee over them, but they don't own them. So if they get divorced, it's not marital property. It's, it belongs to the trust. trustee can use it to benefit them, but their creditors or spouses can't get the assets. So there you go. That's the most common use of a trust. It's usually set up then when the person dies. It doesn't affect them while they're alive, right? It's, uh, it, it's just a something that there's just really little downside to. But there's more. Uh, what happens if you're getting married? Well, if you're getting married and you want to segregate your assets very clearly as to what's separate property, well a trust can be used to do that. You could do this with a revocable trust, one that you can revoke and take the assets back. Doesn't help you with creditors, doesn't help you with taxes, but it does help identify assets very clearly. The things that in the revocable trust can be identified as your separate property, and then should you ever get divorced, well, you know, it's very clear what is the separate property. It's the things that are in this this trust. Uh, you can also do this with an irrevocable trust, but it's a little more complicated, probably better to make sure that that's a good fit for you in that specific situation. If there is a divorce, a trust can be used to diffuse the fight, so to speak. Often in a divorce, uh, one of the things, especially if there's younger number children, is a life insurance policy. It's pretty common for somebody to say, um, uh, well, I want you to take out life insurance so that if you die, the kids have enough money. Well, if you come to an agreement about that, fantastic. Then, of course, the divorce is finalized. Who owns the life insurance? The the insured spouse. And then the spouse out there that doesn't have any ownership is starts to wonder, right? They're concerned. Like, is that policy still there? Uh, is it being paid? Has the beneficiary been changed from the kids? And then you call up that other spouse and they won't talk to you. Ah... You know, what a pain. Uh, what do you do? Go back to court, drop thousands of dollars to make sure everything is still the way it's supposed to be? Or do you wait until they die and find out if they really did keep things the way they were supposed to? Well, instead, form an irrevocable trust for the kids. Both parents can be trustees. That way you both know the policy is in place. You both know the beneficiary still the trust. All the questions are answered. Uh, you don't even need to speak to each other, <laughs> right? It diffuses that potential fight, right? There's also trusts are great things to take care of people who are with government benefits, special needs people, people with uh, disabilities that are on government benefits that are needs-based. Setting up a trust while they're alive or, you know, when when you die, that holds assets to make sure that they have the benefit of the trust, but they're not disqualified from their needs. It needs uh, some very precise language that the government puts together. But uh, doing it that way can give them a lot lot better life than otherwise while still on their benefits. And the government's totally fine with that, guys. Uh, Nobody wants a a kid to be on just government benefits. So if you follow the rules, uh, you can set things up and the government's completely okay with that. Another way uh, trusts are often used is to hold life insurance. Typically, life insurance uh, being subject to federal estate tax... The reason why you're doing it is you have an estate large enough where you're worried about paying that tax. So instead, you move the life insurance out so that when you die, the trust owns it, not you. So there's no tax because the estate tax is only on what you own when you die. And the trust is what owns the life insurance. It's a great thing to move out into a a trust because, well, you know, it only pays out when you die. You're not going to miss it while you're alive. Whereas if you move out cash or stocks or your house, you might miss those things while you're alive, but life insurance, uh, you know, that's okay. There's also planning you can do with charities. If you have a favorite charity that you spend a lot of time with and support, um, they'd be happy to walk you through those details too. Setting up a a trust so that you have an annuity during your lifetime, uh, but then the money goes to charity or they get the money and then eventually what's left goes to your children. There's a variety of ways to handle these trusts. Uh, They differ depending on your specific needs and what you have. So there's a lot of ways where you can look at that and, and decide. There's also what are called IRA trusts. These are trusts that are approved by the government that when you go someday, if you have a child who's too young or perhaps just for any number of reasons should own a qualified plan, an IRA that you leave them, then you can set up this specific type of trust to hold it. It's it's all blessed by the government. It extends the IRA after death for the maximum amount of time that it can be sheltered or deferred before it has to be liquidated. It's a good deal, especially, again, you have a minor child or a child with special needs or a child who just really just isn't done cooking yet, right? Shouldn't be owning anything at that point. And you get to pick the trustee that manages it, takes care of it, runs it just to, is apart from your child so they don't lose it. And remember, all these trusts that we're talking about, they can be very specific and say assets are supposed to go very for very specific purposes, or they can be very broad. And I favor broad in general because after a while, the world will change. Who knows what's really going on out there? If you are too narrow, the reality is at some point what sounded great to you is just not going to make sense anymore. And that's when you, you need to move on and and make changes that can be very difficult if you made the rules so that uh, they can't be changed or at least not very easily. So trust also can be used to uh, help people who are getting Alzheimer's, like losing their memory or being taken advantage of. There's a lot of elder fraud out there. You know, it's a terrible thing, but it's a reality. Uh, and if uh, somebody in your family or yourself maybe could become a victim of being ripped off by somebody over the phone that, you know, you're, you just you believe what they said and then now the money's gone, a trust can help that. Uh, your kids or somebody you trust can help run it. They're the ones who send the checks out and pay the bills. You're the beneficiary, right? you're not You're not out of money. But now, you know, the person who wants to steal from you has got to go through somebody else, and uh, that can really give you a lot of protection that you might not otherwise have. The same type of trust can be used to avoid probate if you're in a state where there's an advantage to that, like New York or Florida or California. We don't do as many in Pennsylvania New Jersey, but if you really just don't want your kids to have to deal with the local government, then there it is. Revocable trust is a good way to do that. But it's also a great tool if you have real estate in other states. Like, you know, some people have a place in New York and a place in Florida and a place in Wyoming. Not the end of the world. It's just that each of those states jealously guards their right to transfer their real property. And you can't just show up as the executor from New Jersey and Wyoming and start selling property. You have to be recognized by that state as having the authority. So if you have states... A real estate in different states—you have to register the will. Again, guys, not not the end of the world, but it is irritating. So one of the ways is to put your your assets in other states into a revocable trust to avoid that probate process. You know, maybe you don't want really to care about avoiding Pennsylvania, New Jersey, but you darn well want to avoid uh, having your kids go through Florida to probate. So those are just some things, guys. Trusts are very flexible and structures; they can address a lot of different. Situations uh, and, and protect people uh, from other people and themselves. So something that you should investigate with your trust and states professional if you're in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, we'd be happy to talk to you and brainstorm a bit. Give us a ring. Till next time, we talk a little bit more death and taxes. This is Peter Clink, and you take care and be well. Thanks for listening to the Clink Law Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and share.